You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, producer Darren here. Have you heard? Cindy Stewart has a new book. It's called New Moves of God. This book will open your spiritual eyes to see what God is doing so you can position yourself to be part of one of the most significant invasions of world culture in kingdom history. It will empower you to step into God's moves as he releases new anointings and new assignments that will far surpass your wildest imaginations. If you're a listener of her podcast, I'm sure that caught your attention. You can get your hands on that book right now. Just visit cindy-stewart.com or check out the link in the description or show notes. Again, that's cindy-stewart.com. Cindy Stewart podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. So this morning, as I was talking to Pastor Gene, it's so funny, he's talking to me about what God is saying to him, and it's the same thing that I'm going to preach about this morning. And, you know, sometimes we read the word because we're in need of encouragement, we're in need of an answer, we're, we're wanting it to speak to our situation, to where we are. But sometimes we read the word because we are, are, we are preparing our heart to encounter the Holy God. We read the word because we know that as we read the word, the God of the universe is coming out of the word and feeding us. And it's not really about anything we need. It's about who he is. And, and there's just a really a holy swirl in this season that's happening. That's my new word. You know, for a while it was squishy, but I got some, I got some feedback on that. Some people don't like a squishy God, but, um, but right now it's holy. It's just the holy. <laughs> but there, there's just a dynamic happening in heaven. And it's always going on. So understand that. I'm not saying there's something new going on. But what I'm saying is that there is a pulling back of the curtain where we're able to see a greater wonder of what is happening in heaven. We're able to see this dynamic movement of heaven right now. And, and I believe this morning the Lord wants to read some scripture and allow that dynamic uh, a movement that is happening, occurring in heaven to be set in our hearts, set in our eyes for us to encounter this morning. Um, so really my message this morning isn't so much a commentary on the scripture I'm going to read, but my message this morning is the word is alive when the word is read, it provokes us to an encounter. And when the word is consumed by us, we become a vessel that has a greater impact as we go. So we're just going to read some scripture as I was reading uh, the word. A lot of times I'll just read the word until it begins to speak to me. As I was reading the word, there was this one phrase that really spoke out and we're going <clears> to <throat> start. I'm just going to tell you the phrase and then we'll go to the scripture. 
all that I have is yours. Now think about that. When you think about Jesus saying, all that I have is yours, what do you think about? You know, what is the yours? That's what I'm like. I have lots of questions for God. I'm always like, well, what does that mean? And what is the yours? And in my mind, I started listing out all of the things that are mine that he's given me. <coughs> Excuse me. Tickle here. But what I felt like is there was a different perspective God wanted to share with me. And that's actually what I'm going to share with you. Um, it's in context of Luke 15, and we're going to go there. Luke 15, verse 11. We're going to start in verse 11. We're going to read a little scripture. And it's about the prodigal son and his older brother. <coughs> you know, it's funny. They were teasing me about needing a place to put my water bottle. I never drink when I preach, except for today. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's too distracting to stop and have a drink. Um, okay, so it's about the prodigal son and the older brother. And definitely two different perspectives. We, we're pretty familiar with this story. We, we understand this story. But I just want to read a couple of verses, and then we're just going to go through and read some scripture. We're going to start in verse 11. And it says, uh, then he said, this is Jesus speaking, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And you know that that is totally dishonoring and disrespecting to the father. Because the sons only get their portion, the full inheritance when the father passes. So he's saying, you know, I'm not going to wait till you die. Why don't you just give me what's mine? So it's total, total disrespect of the father. So, he, but the father didn't say, how dare you? He says, yep. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the young, younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living, which was just, just blowing it. Just blowing it. He just blew it. Have you ever just blown it? Have you ever just blown what you've gotten? Yeah. Yep. So he, there he is. He's in it. There's a time of famine. He's working for someone. He's feeding the hogs, which again is a whole nother issue with him being Jewish. But we weren't going to talk about that. He's feeding the hogs. He's actually eating the slop because he's hungry. There's nothing to eat. And he decides to go back. He says, at least I can be a servant. I, I no longer qualify as a son but I can be a servant. So he starts heading back uh, to his father. And um, <clears throat> verse 22 says, but the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf here and kill it. And then let us eat and be merry for this is my son. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. And that is all of our stories. You know, we've all been prodigals to the Lord. We've all come home and he has fattened the calf for us. He has washed away everything that we've done, restored us in the fullness of his glory. 
So that's, that's beautiful. But then it goes on and it says in verse 25, now his older son was in the field. And as he came, he drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what, uh, what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed and fattened the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered him and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I've never transgressed your commandments at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as one of your sons came who had devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. Might be a little jealousy there. Just a little bit. And he said to him, son, you are always with me. And all that I have is yours. You know, it's interesting. The son that was always there did not partake of everything that he had. He had access to it. He had the ability to have it. His father gladly opened it up for him, but he never thought of stepping in to all that the father had for him. Never thought of it. So when he sees his brother get all that the father has over and above what he deserved, there was that heart of offense and envy not realizing there was no reason to be because he already had everything. It's interesting, isn't it? I always find that story very, very interesting. We focus on the prodigal son coming home, but we forget that the older son had been there all along, but had missed what the father had for him. That alone would preach a whole different sermon. But we're not going to preach that today. I was asking the Lord, so when you say all that I have is yours, because this is an analogy of the Father to us, when all that he has is ours, what is the all? And I started listing all these things through, just thinking through my head, thinking through scripture. And then the Lord was like, let's look at it from a different perspective. I was like, okay. So we're going to start in 1 John 1. And I want to talk about all that the Father has given us through Christ. And we're just going to read some scripture and let what the Father has given us kind of melt into us. And then if there's anything in there that inside of us that doesn't align with what the Father says, we just trust God to remove it. He's a good excavator, right? Okay, 1 John 1, 5 through 7. And like I said, I don't have a lot of commentary on this. I just felt like we need to read the word and let the word speak. And honestly, each one of us, if you would have read the prodigal story this morning, there could have been a whole different perspective that God would have given you. So as we read the word, God is going to speak to the perspective that he wants you to understand. Because the word is alive and it speaks to us. Oh, I have so much more to say. Let's just read the word. <laughs> I'm excited. You know why I'm excited? Because uh, the other day I was thinking about, 
you know, the Lord. And I was praying and thinking about it. And I read out of uh, Luke 11, I believe it is. It's, I think, Matthew 6, Luke 11, uh, the, the Lord's Prayer. And about how, you know, we're, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we're praying in agreement of what His will is. We don't have to say, Lord, I agree with you. Because when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we're worshiping. We're saying, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's get all the forgiveness out of the way. And let's just move into what the fullness of you and what you have. And how simple the relationship is for us with the Father. It's a very simple thing. It's become complex because of a lot of reasons. And we, we won't go into all the reasons. But it's become complex because we forget the simplicity of my sheep hear my voice. So if I'm asking the father a question, like I was talking to him, what, what is on your heart for today? When I ask that, he hears my voice and he has a reply for me. And it's taken a breath and allowing that reply to come without all of my uh, boxes surrounding it. Lord, I'm asking you a question, but really I want you to fulfill this void in my thought instead of releasing what the breath of heaven is for me in this hour. Okay, let's go back to the scripture. First John 1 John 1.5. This is a message which we have heard from him and declared to you that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we, are, we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. That simple. And we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So it's interesting with this because it says, but if we walk in the light because Christ is the light, then we have fellowship with one another. It doesn't say we have fellowship with him. It says we have fellowship with one another. And he forgives us and, and, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from our sin. That is so powerful just right there. And then uh, chapter 2, verse 5. But whoever keeps his word truly, the love of God is perfected in him. Now just think about that. Whoever keeps his word truly, the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him because we are keepers of the word. And then I skip over to chapter 4, verse 6. We are of God. He who knows God, he who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. 
Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. That's good, isn't it? And when you think about this whole process of love, and we talked about this Friday night, that was part of the word. If you didn't come to the outpouring, go back and listen to it. It's on um, our Facebook and on our YouTube channel, We Are the Gathering. But Gene was talking about how the, how the Lord was wrapping us in a blanket of love and just saturating us with that love. And one of the words that the Lord had given me was the new wineskin for the season to come is a wineskin of love. And how as we are saturated in the word of God, in the presence of God, and in the fellowship of one another, we become filled with love. So when we're poured out of the wineskin, when we're poured out as a drink offering to wherever he has us, we're poured out as love first and everything else is behind it. Whatever the assignment is, whether it's our workplace, whether it's our family, whether it's our neighborhood, wherever it is, when we're poured out as a living sacrifice out of this wineskin, we're poured out as love and then everything we do is out of the love of Christ. So we have this vision for Christ. We have this oneness with Christ. We have the ability to cut through the spirit of error because we have the spirit of love and truth in us so that whatever is being spread in error will be cleaned up in love because we carry the love and the truth with us. And, you know, that's going to be a critical time right now because we know that there are lies upon lies upon lies that are being spread and they are housed as truth. And I was just listening to a podcast by Chris Fallotton and he was talking about the ecclesia, of the church and how even the church, because it's gotten away from the word, the church has these, these, uh, gatherings that are not biblical. We have the Methodists right now going through division. We have the Presbyterians that we were part of that division. Oh, that sounds bad, doesn't it? But we were <laughs> because we have to decide is Jesus Lord and is the Bible true? And, and you got to pick a side on this. So we have People that are gathering that are calling themselves the church that are teaching false doctrine because it doesn't relate to the relevance of their life and what they want to see. So they have rewritten the interpretation of the word so it fits with the sinful lifestyle they live in. And it really is a deception of the enemy which they cannot see. They don't start out saying, oh, I, I've given my life to Jesus, but I'm actually going to rewrite his word. What happens is it's this slow, slow, subtle perversion that becomes consumed by them instead of the word becoming consumed by them. And so out of their mouth displays the condition of their heart. 
And we've all made mistakes before in, you know, what we believe and what we think and all that kind of stuff. But you have to have a body life and leadership in order not to fall into those mistakes. And when you do, they correct you out of it, right? And people don't like correction. But honestly, and this one thing Chris Valentine said, he said, you know, nobody wants to be offended, but they should have walked with Jesus. They definitely would have been offended. They definitely would have been offended. And it's not offense out of hate or offense out of uh, wanting to show who's right. It's an offense they receive out of uh, being unwilling to receive the truth of Christ. And the truth can be difficult. It can be difficult. We're going to go to Luke 10. You have to be a truth bearer. You have to be able to say, what does the word say? Let me look back at the word. I can hear myself thinking, saying, don't go there. Don't go there. Okay. Luke 10. Jesus has sent out the 70. Now this is heaven. Just think about heaven processing this. Then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject uh, to us in your name. And Jesus says to them, now think about this. He says, I saw Satan falling. I saw Satan falling. Here's the son of God in the heavenly realm, sees the, the archangel, the, the worship angel falling because he decided to set himself up against God to say that he is greater and mightier than God. Do you think we gasp at stuff? Can you imagine heaven gasping as Satan and his angels are thrown from heaven? We have to understand that there is life and death. There is hell and there is eternity. This is a great Christmas message, y'all. Come let us behold him. But think about it. There is life and death. There is hell and the eternity. If, if, if they're going to throw the angels out of heaven for saying, I am greater than God. Imagine our lot when we go before the throne and he says, who are you? I don't know you. Oh God, I had a home group. We worshiped, we ate, we read a little word. We followed you. You followed me through your pornography. You followed me as you hated your neighbor. Get back. I never knew you. This is serious, guy. Heaven is like swirling. They're swirling the goodness of God in worship. But there is Jesus interceding on our behalf. Let me finish reading this because this is so good. Verse 18, it says, and he said to them, I saw Satan like lightning 
from heaven, fall like a lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That seems like a big thing, right? He says, all I have is yours. He said, but nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. That the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Heaven is going, we've got, them. yeah, we've got them. Oh yeah, we've got their name too. You know, it says that God writes his name on, writes our names on the palm of his hand. So when we show up, he's like, oh, I don't have to get my paper out. It's right here in front of me. There she is. There he is. Yep. Yeah, he served me well. I got up there and he said, well done, my faithful servant. Well done. Receive your crown. You have overcome. Receive your crown. So the, the demonic is all, all subject to us. That's what he says. He says, but actually the greatest thing is your name is written in heaven. And heaven is rejoicing because like that song we said, it won't be long and we'll be right before you and we'll be face to face. And there'll be things that we can't even comprehend as we encounter the glory and the reality of our living Savior right there, right then. Whew, before the throne. Okay, that Jesus is good. Whew. And it goes on, it says, and in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit. Can you imagine what that looked like? You know, you're standing around as the disciples and you've got the 70 and, oh, we've healed people. We multiplied things, the demons. And then Jesus starts rejoicing in the spirit. And that alone makes everything else pale in comparison. And these type of things out of the word of God are the things that keep our eyes on the heavenly things, the kingdom realm, so that as we go through the things on earth, we are living out of the kingdom realm, out of the glory realm, out of who he is, out of what he said, out of all of heaven rejoicing, because our name was written down. Whew, that's so good, isn't it? That's really good. Let's go to Ephesians 1.17. I just want to read a few more. Oh, oh, I forgot one. You can, you can go, but I'm going to read this one because I, I love this one too. Uh, it's uh, Luke 12.8. Let me find it real quick. So think about this. Also, I say to you, whoever confesses me, this is Jesus, before men, he, the son of man, will also confess before the angels of God. There's a whole thing happening in heaven about us, for us, that we have no understanding of. And we are living out of the the produce of that. There's a product of heaven that's being poured out that we have no real awareness of that we're living out of. 
Not only are the hosts doing what they do when they're here and when they're up there, not only are our assigned angels doing what they do that we never see, we might get a glimpse or a breath or a wind of them. There's all of this kingdom realm, heavenly motion that is occurring around us in order for us to be in his likeness, in his likeness, to do what he's called us to do, to operate out of bringing the demons to their knees, bringing healing to the sick, bringing the um, heaven to earth, all those different things. I mean, all of this is occurring even right now as we sit. You're like, God, what's that? What's this? What is happening? My granddaughter says that to me all the time. Cece, what's this? And her eyes are so big and her so excited. That's how I feel like God is wanting us to just get childlike and say, God, what's this? What's happening? What's next? What do you want? Because God, that's what I want. Right? Ephesians 1, 17. I'm kind of shaky thinking about the, the wonder of God and what all he has for us and what he's doing right now in this very room. He's writing these things on your heart and you'll be going down the street and you'll be going, oh God, I just had a breath of that. That's so good. Hmm. We'll start in 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, we just read about our love for all the saints out of first John, because we love him. We love each other. We're in fellowship with one another. Do not cease to give thanks. Um, uh, yes. Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That alone is what he's given us. That alone would stand on its own. But he goes on that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceedingly greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And this is what he's given us. He's put all things under the feet of Christ and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. We are the fullness of Christ. Just think about that. We are the fullness of Christ. Even that is beyond our intellectual comprehension, but it's not beyond our spiritual comprehension. Because our spirit is one with the Holy Spirit and it understands that it is directing us to be in the fullness of Christ. We are his fullness. 
We are the display of God's glory on this earth through Christ Jesus. I really would like to have one of those. Remember those sprinkler heads back in the old days that spin around? I'd really like a glory sprinkler head on me. <laughs> that as I go, there's just glory spinning around, spinning off, touching here and there. I mean, you know, I want, don't, don't you ever want something just so tangible and real and, you know, that you can, I know what I'm reading is true. But I want something Big, a big sign, a big something to help remind me that who I am is the fullness of Christ on this earth as he is the head of all of us. Yes. Don't you all want it? Yes. I want it. Uh, Ephesians 2, uh, we're going to start in verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us. You know, it's interesting how he ties this, this uh, realm of heaven. And, and Karen shared about the attributes and the character and the, the who he is. God is love. How he always brings it back around to his children. You know, Romans says that oh, Siri didn't understand. It's okay. We're going to teach AI to get saved, right? But, you know, when you think about it, he brings it back to us so we can understand that these great, big, huge concepts that we're being transformed into, because it says we're transformed from glory to glory. It says that as we cry, Abba, we're, we, are, we are one with Christ. We are his children. I mean, there's a list of things that's, that the word says. But he's, he's transforming these huge concepts into things that can become such a part of us that we live and breathe and have our being out of them. So his great love, which with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This is all done. It says that we are hidden in Christ. When the father look is looking for us, he looks at Christ in us. We are hidden in his son. So when he sees his son, he's like, oh, yeah, there's Robbie, there's Sam, there's Ryan. Oh, yeah, there's, you know, I mean, that's a very elementary thing. But think about this. We are hidden in Christ. We are encased in the love of the Father. We are seated in heavenly places. I mean, there's all of these, like I said, huge heavenly concepts that God puts in his word so we can get pieces and parts of it that will grow and build and greater understanding. And then as we walk in this, this realm of heavenly things, we began to become one with Christ at a whole new dimension, a whole new dimension. So yes, amen. I love that. I love it. I love it. <laughs> It'll work. That's right. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceedingly riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. 
For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves it is a gift from God, not of works, lest anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand, that he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So the prep work's been done. So that we can walk in it. That's good. Okay, I'm going to end on this, Ephesians 3.20. I'm also actually starting verse 14. It says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That's us that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Here's our love theme coming back around. It says we're grounded in love because God is love. So we become love because we are made in the image of our father may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled again with all the fullness of God. Whew. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we may ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever, forever. Amen. 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 If you guys don't mind standing, we're going to pray. We're going to thank God for his glory, for his wonder. Lord, the word has gone out. And as it's gone out, I just keep see our mouths open wide so it comes in, so we can consume the beauty and the glory of your word. And that every word that was read this morning, that it will become etched within us. That even if we don't remember it right away, that as your word says, the Holy Spirit will remind us. He will remind us of all truth. He will remind us of what we are to say. And as we are love, because you are love. Lord, I'm just asking you to wash away all the things within us that don't contain your love, that don't mirror, that don't honor your love. So that we can be poured out as a drink offering of love. And that all the giftings and the anointings and the purposes and the assignments follow the love. And I just keep seeing it's like a river of love coming out of us, which enables the other things that are assigned to us to be accomplished in the perfect peace of Christ in us. So, Father, we just thank you that there are so many dynamics of this, so many truths about this that you're going to continue to unfold for us. And we just want to glorify you, Lord. We thank you that you have poured into us love 
and that all of heaven is uh, on high alert working on behalf of the kingdom so that the love of God can be poured out in this world. So make us that vessel of love, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.